Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie now, uh, one of our listeners on to say Dan is an inspiration to all of us uh, for what he's doing for all of the young GAA fans uh, with the foundation. It's amazing. Dylan was a brilliant player. He was loved by everybody and he would be so proud of his family. And uh, it goes. Uh, this listener goes on to say Dan is a credit indeed to the foundation. And thank you very much indeed for that. 1800 938 007. The text and WhatsApp 083311 For every problem, there's a solution. Dear Phil, on tip today with Phil Prendergast. And Phil is with me live as you. Good morning to you, Phil. You were very taken with that piece with me. Oh, I was. And I, you know, would like to add my words of condolences to to the family, you know, and Dan. He just spoke so beautifully, and the grief was there as an undercurrent and always will be, I suppose. Yes. But um, like the foundation, as I said, you know, there's a there's people that would have sudden adult deaths, and they they might not be remembered. Dylan Quirk will never be forgotten yeah. for all the most excellent reasons and all all the saddest ones. All the saddest ones, and and, and I was feeling sorry for myself uh, during the week because my, my my son has gone to Australia, and then this morning it dawned, it dawned on me, you know, by comparison to the grief yeah, that Dan yeah. is going through and his but family. But you see, a loss is a loss, but you can't you can't. There's not a scale. Yeah. It's not like yeah. You know, yeah. it's there's not a scale of loss. Everyone deals with it differently, yeah, and course. your loss is also big. So, of course, we will. Okay, will we launch straight into oh, to, um, to um, letters? Dear Phil, I need advice. I was away for the weekend with my girlfriends. I haven't been away in five years, and God knows I deserve it with five children. Anyway, to cut a long story short, my sister-in-law who has caused an awful amount of trouble over the past 20 years, so much so I wouldn't possibly be able to tell you if I did I'd be on the Dr Phil show Uh, needless to say we don't talk and we don't visit each other's homes she would ring the guards and send a solicitor's letter and a lot of stupid stuff for no reason we, my husband and I uh, don't associate with her at all, she's like a loose cannon anyway, at the weekend my hubby was in the supermarket he met his sister who then invited my youngest to stay at her place to play for an hour my easily led husband said yes. He had obviously told her I was away, so when she returned the child, I only copped today she was in my house. I've seen her snooping in my presses on the security camera and walking down into the bedrooms. I'm actually perplexed. I don't know what to think. This is... Uh, uh, cause an awful lot of trouble between my hubby and me. I wouldn't dare say anything to her, but because, let's face it, she's a bit rough and always ranting online about stuff, so I would never text her because I know she would screenshot it and play the poor me card. How do I deal with my husband? I feel so betrayed. Help from a frustrated mother. Oh, God. You know, I mean, mm. really, her husband's not the issue at all. Yeah. Her, his sister is. She should get over what happened. Um, and have a civilised conversation with him in relation to, um, you know, like in relation to his sister. But you should park it then, Fran, because the poor man probably, you know, she she came upon him, maybe didn't want to disappoint the young fellow. Maybe the young fellow was playing up because he was shopping with his dad anyway, but not in a good way, where it's mm, only groceries yes, and yes. stuff. And uh, she should, he should, she should stop giving energy to this. The issue is the sister-in-law. Her poor husband is is just he's he's a stooge in all of this. It is not his fault that his sister did that. And yet there was an opportunity where she said, "I'll take him away for an hour 
for you. He was probably relieved thinking, well, I can get the shop and finish it. I can get home, get it unpacked and whatever. However, I think it would have been better for him if he said, I'll pick him up in an hour. Right. And picked okay. him up on the way home with the shopping. And what do you make of your woman snooping around the house? Sure, she's the... a witch. And obviously, you know, like, like <laughs> life goes... Witch. Do you know, I mean, yeah. life goes on without toxic drama. And if you have toxic people, you're going to get kind of behaviours that seem to be outside what you would expect as normal. So somebody sending um, solicitor's letters or, you know... Um, going snooping in someone's house it's not normal behaviour it's not normal behaviour so there's a kind of she's she's yeah she's loose cannon all right but right. uh but you it's, know, it's not the husband's it's not fault. the husband's fault yeah. and certainly like i mean she said how do i deal with my husband i feel so betrayed mm. the husband hasn't done anything wrong whatsoever mm. you know i can understand that Maybe he, he he couldn't say to to the, the 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 sister we're not on that kind of good of terms. He probably wanted maybe to put out a small olive branch there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but like because cause she is his sister. Exactly, yeah. but she says well, you know she would ring the guards and send a solicitor's letter and a lot of stupid stuff. Or, I wonder, I wonder for, what that's all about. I wonder what that's all about yeah. as well. But in the general scheme of things, I think she needs to stop feeling betrayed. She was away for a weekend mm. with her five girlfriends and she hadn't been away for five years. The husband seemed to have managed very well while she was away. This happened. He told her. Mm. And she came back and decided to snoop on the, the cameras. Mm. I, I just think... Her husband is not the issue. Is the I, sister is? The I love when people write though, as as they speak. She said, "Let's face it, she's a bit rough." <laughs> I would have finished that sentence. <laughs> I know. But, all right. yeah. Okay, so um, leave yeah. the poor old hobby. Alone. Leave the hobby okay. alone. I mean, maybe have a chat about if this happens again. Um, mm. You know, like. Don't, don't go shopping Aldi house. or Little, yeah. wherever he was. <laughs> <laughs> All right, letter number two then. Dear Phil, I have an issue with a neighbour who I feel is taking advantage and I'm not sure how to approach it. I've always had a good relationship with my next door neighbour. She's a single mum of three and I have great respect for her. She called to the house one day to say that her internet was down and one of her kids was trying to do a report for school and was there any chance that they could log into our Wi-Fi so he could get online to do it. I said it was no problem and gave her the password to our Wi-Fi. That was two months ago and she's still logging on to the Wi-Fi. We can see the devices connected to our Wi-Fi and some nights it's as many as six devices. I just feel she has taken the pee a little bit, but I'm not sure how to handle it. My husband is getting cross about it because it is now affecting our internet speed at home and he says we're paying for another family to use our internet. He was on about just changing the password and putting an end to it in that way, but I think it's a bit passive-aggressive way of handling it. He says, if I feel like that, then I can approach at the neighbour myself, but I really don't want to. I feel like I'm kicking a woman when she's down, but I do agree that she is taking advantage. What do you think, Phil? Now, there's very rare that I can say a husband is 1,000% correct, but he's correct in this one. Absolutely change the password. Mm. You know, they need to tell her, up to six devices on, on their Wi-Fi. That's a lot, isn't it? And yeah. I mean, if they want to go on and do something or do some research or do pro- programmes for school or whatever it might be, their their um, input is going to be 
it it will be absolutely subject to the demand at the house next door. Mm. So they should just change the the password, and when the internet goes down, you know maybe she'll come alone. Uh, can you give us the new password? Say absolutely not. There was an absolute. This was a, a short term. I felt it was very short term, and you haven't reconnected and it's to your gone own on account. For, it's gone on for months. Yeah. So th- that's not good enough at all. I mean, up to six devices—that's just really brazen, you know. Mm. Um, it's a perfectly reasonable thing without even telling her to change that password. Now she has a nice relationship with this woman, and she has a lot of respect for her because she's a single mum bringing up uh, three kids. So, is there anything in that that it would damage that relationship? Yeah, but or? like, her internet didn't stay down, Fran. But she was willing to continue using their facilities. Yeah. And that is not right either. You know, so, I mean, okay, there, there's two ways of doing it. You can just change the password like the husband suggested. Um, but I think her, her way of saying that that's passive aggressive, it might come across as being sudden because mm. if you're trying to log on iPads and iPhones and all sorts of things onto the Wi-Fi of the people next door, um, and it, it reduces their speed. I'd be going in and saying, listen, there's actually a real effect on our our ability to be able to use our own internet. And unfortunately, we need to change the password because um, I felt be- your internet being down was very temporary and that you should right. just get So you would have the conversation? Absolutely. Right. And, okay. and I wouldn't have it in an aggressive way. I would have it a very soft approach and just say, listen, just in case you're wondering now, we will be changing the password because this has happened. The speed mm. of our internet connection has gone down. There were so 60 devices on it on that night. Um, so, look, I'm just giving you a bit of notice that you need maybe to reconnect with your own Wi-Fi. Right, because I know that if they changed the password and said nothing, I'll bet you your woman wouldn't have said anything either. She, I don't think she would, because she's would. probably a bit embarrassed. Yeah, if, so but then again, good. she's not looking at their screen and seeing six devices, so she may be unaware she may be just confiscating phones and doing all sorts and yes. could have all sorts of other things that they can connect oh, to. Oh, I see the your Wi-Fi point that the kids, are, the kids are connecting with Ab- all absolutely, sorts of Absolutely, you know. So, I mean, it, it just it might be a surprise to her. So, she could do it, and I suppose it's the best way to do it if she went in and said, Listen, there's a bit of an issue after arising. On such and such a night, we were trying to, to do, we'd very stuff to do. And um, there were six devices from your house connected to our password. We 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 will be having to change that. Mm. So I just want to give you notice of it. Okay, all right. And that ad- shouldn't cause any offence to her at all. Yeah, good advice. Um, the final one then, dear Phil, my mum died during the summer from a long and protracted illness which lasted about six years. During all of that time, I cared for her by myself as I'm an only child. I never regretted a minute of it and I'm glad she got to stay at home, which was what she wanted. There's no denying that I was very tough and often lonely but I don't regret it. In the last few weeks of my mum's life, friends and family were telling me that while it's awful, death will be a relief to her and also to me because I will get my life back. I almost thought it was a very insensitive thing to say, but I didn't say anything. When she died, although people were very good to me in the first few weeks after her death, a few months down the line, they seem to have the attitude that I should be getting on with things and making a new life for myself, but I just don't know how to do that. I was a qualified beautician, but with the gap of almost six years, the industry has moved on so much, I feel like I'm not qualified for it anymore. I've been surviving on a wage from a part-time retail job, but I just feel so 
lost. I don't know what to do and even where to start. Maybe I should have planned for this while my mum was sick, but it just didn't occur to me and I was so focused on her. How do I start my life again? I'm in my 50s and sometimes I just feel tired and past it. Oh, I just have sympathy for this lady yes. on her loss, you know. And it's a common Oh, it's very, very common it? and yeah. it's a very sad time and it would be a good idea for her to have bereavement counselling yeah. because they have all of the... I know there's a passion to it and there's an expectation to it and people react differently, but, like, she has a lot of options now. I can understand that when you have people coming and going all the time and the supports are there, when they start to phase off and people think, you big girl now, you could stand on your yeah. own two feet. The loss is much more acute, I'm, Im- I'm imagining, going into an empty house from a job that's probably not paying her very well now. And she took the sacrifice and did a great job, obviously, looking after her mother in her final years. Now, she should go to the citizen's advice and maybe the tax office as well to discuss her options because there's a lot of things that might be available to her that she's unaware of that might be able to inform whether or not she needs to go back to working as a beautician. But if she's been a beautician for that long, she will be a very accomplished woman. And she she would regain her confidence Mm. at what she previously worked at. You know, there's a lot of elderly people like me and that that would need makeup for a wedding or something now and you'd be very happy to go to now very happy to go to anyone because they all improve you no doubt about that <laughs> so she <It's>, hastily yes <laughs> hastily in case um but and there's also a lot of um you know there's a lot of uh, skills on on the internet now available she could look at makeup tutorials and there'd be ones on there talking and they'd be putting on brown here and brown there and pink here and a dot there and a white bit there and shading and, you know, highlighting and low lighters and <laughs> all sorts of things. And they come out with the most amazing looks yes. and you're thinking, how how is, how is that person? Now, I, I don't know how the filter thing works because I'm old, but... I'm sure quite a lot there might be filters. But I do anyway to get back to this lady. She really will say wedding makeup is a busy job if she was going to go to people's houses. Now, obviously, that would have to suit her and it would have to be within a distance and that. Um, Like, what? there's numerous tutorials like mm. everywhere, not just on the internet. There's people that will do them. There's There's local classes. All she needs really, I think, is taking the confidence step but the first step for this lady I definitely think is to talk to a bereavement counsellor because they will know all that has happened in, in, in the whole process of grief and how it differs for different people and this woman is probably very lonely now and you know just mm. feeling out of it feeling the loss very acutely we're coming into the the dreary kind of time of, of year course, if you yes. like and yeah. then you have the Christmas and that so she's going to have all these occasions as well and memories and it's quite cute it's quite hard mm. and uh, play, playing music for, for the dancing I come across quite a lot of people who have that void in their life they might have been caring for decades in some yeah, cases yeah. indeed and then all of a sudden they're they're there, they're single, possibly. Um, maybe but, they've lost some social skills along yeah, the way. As they well, would have, know, and they'd so. be untethered. Yeah. They're feeling untethered yeah. because they... In, and, and if you think about it, it's about a confidence thing as well. You're going home to an empty house, and if you're going into an empty house, it's probably feeling cold. It's uninviting. It's not warm, even though it's your space. And, you mm. know, but all her memories are in that house as well. 
Um, but I definitely think that if she was a beautician for many years, she can, you know, draw breath for a while, go for her counselling, see how where it takes her, see how it helps her, mm. because it definitely will help. And also that she may be entitled to a few things now that would have a financial advantage to her. And she may not have to go back, but it might be a lovely job where she could set herself up as, say, um, a wedding makeup person. Mm. Because those skills required for that won't be very much more than what she was doing. And if she needs to go back and do a few refresher courses, she could do that so as well. And there's a lot of them available, and I'm sure Huge available like, without cost of, as well. There's yeah. a lot of free ones available yeah, yeah. on the internet, as I said. Yeah. Um, and if she goes and gets involved with TikTok, when she stops feeling frightened of it. <laughs> she, you know what I mean? She yes, will be fine. She will yeah. get the confidence back and she'll see how things... She says, sure, yeah, I could do that. Because... When people are doing a job for a long time, they nearly know when someone comes in. If a hairdresser meets you coming in and they feel your hair, they know what kind of whether it's brittle, whether it's grey, whether it's yes. whether it's processed, too processed, wrong colour, looking not right for you, and all of They would know instinctively. Again, you have to be very careful with how you say things to people because they can take upset very easily. Of course they can. You of know. course they can. But yeah, I, I have sympathies and, and condolences to her on her loss. But yeah, things will get better for her. Uh, one of our, our listeners on, on social media, because we put up uh, the letter about the, the, the Wi-Fi there, one of our listeners saying, I cha- I'd change the password. Uh, if they can afford six devices, they can afford to sort out uh, internet, even if it's just a mobile data dongle with limited internet. Isn't uh, she right there? So, yeah. 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 That listener is very right. And, and Tina is saying as well, let him change the password. And if she calls about it, just say that uh, the family logging on was affecting the speed, which is basically what... what exactly. And, and, and again, it's a very reasonable response to to that and just say, oh, you know, maybe it, <laughs> it slipped our mind. We should have we should have probably just done it to get you over your being down in your internet, you know. <laughs> down on your internet. I love that yeah. indeed. Um, I always pick your brains with your medical past as a nurse and a, a midwife and all of that. The current situation, we've been talking about it, where the hospital, a record number down in uh, UHL, 130 people on trolleys yeah. uh, yesterday. Um, they're scrambling for money now. They're they're looking for money. Lots, Brand, lots you see, more what's money. happening here though is the the um, Bernard Glass, I was listening to him, like they're they're scrambling for money, but what there's so much, I suppose, misuse or wasteful funds. Like, and I know I sometimes say things like this and say, do you hear that old dinosaur on the radio? But like, there's an awful lot of waste now. Everything is single use, single use um, scopes, single use glasses, single use masks, obviously. But like, there's a whole lot of of misuse of people by expecting that you're going to have a cohort of people that can be, if you call it nursing or being cared for medically or otherwise, in a what is an, a public right, a, a walkway. There's no opportunity for dignity there. There's no opportunity to be respectful when people need to deal with bodily functions. Mm. There's no opportunity to give them any degree of dignity. It's Trolleys are high. They are not beds. I know they put them down and mm. lower them down, mm. but they're still not beds and they're not comfortable. I know it's the best they can possibly do. But if you want to say that all roads lead to Limerick, oh, you can bypass Nina and you can bypass Cashel, you can bypass Clamart, you can bypass all these people um, and, and 
cut down beds and not have an impact you're going to have the situation and I'm very conscious of all the people that have died including very young people mm. being mm. nursed on a corridor or being so-called because they're in that system and they're on the books that there is actually somebody to be able to work for them. And I know that that girl with meningitis, had she been in the right place, there is a potential that her life... So you're in no doubt that people are dying because of this? Oh, absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt. And no disrespect meant to, I know staff are working Mm -hmm. at their very, very best. But you have... We have now a, a, a very eclectic mix of even nationalities Mm. working within our systems. Language is a barrier in Mm. some cases. There's also people with local dialects that have maybe a very strong accent Mm. and it can be very hard for them to communicate their needs and they mightn't have the vocabulary to be able to do that. So when you're thinking about having people on a corridor and someone going in with kind of really, really fretting, if you're sitting in a corridor and you're thinking, I'm 19th in the queue, and 19th in the queue can actually mean two more days before they're seen. Wow. So, I mean, because of the complexity of presentations that would appear at an A&E, or a medical assessment unit or a minor industries unit. It is great that they have all these different places. But sometimes I think you have to call it and say, we need to clear out that theatre or whatever and put beds in there and put people in there and, and put staff in there. Are you hearing anything that would give you an indication that there's a vision or a plan or that this is being dealt with in any way? No, friend. Nothing at all. No, no. And I think, you know, when I go back to the vision for change that saw local psychiatric hospitals closed. Wonderful, wonderful document. A wonderful document. But the reality is that now we have a service that is, you're siphoning people down to, you're escorting people down to another county. You're doing it because they had better maybe... I'm not going to say better politicians, but more astute politicians mm. that demanded that the services should be, say, in Kilkenny instead of in Clonmel. And I think there has been, there's an untold amount of lost people to suicide and other things because of decisions that were made that did not see leaving um, equality and very, very excellent and very, very uh, professional and very very, very, they knew everything about the job and how to manage people and sadly a lot of that has gone. That's that's pessimistic stuff but I mean, I know we're dealing with reality yeah. here, Phil. Yeah. And, that's, and I don't you know, like to be pessimistic I know, I know and, and on, a, on a positive note, look, there is fabulous units now opened up yeah. in Clonmel and there's great and there's great building going on up, you know, where St Anthony's was. There's, there's progress being made but when you have overcrowding in A&E's, it's, you're talking about, well, dignity is not going to come first for you. Your health has to come first. And it's very, very difficult if you're back in the queue. Phil, always a delight. Thanks, thanks very much indeed for coming into us today. Um, we'll be back with more. Join the conversation in Tipperary. Contact us through Facebook, Twitter or email tiptoday at tipfm.com. 
Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. 